Grow marketing culture and sketchy MLMs have given modern business a bad reputation. It feels harder than ever to succeed as an entrepreneur, even though we've got an abundance of info and tech right at our fingertips. If you feel frustrated running your business, stress over your sales goals, or are baffled by marketing strategies, you've come to the right place. You deserve to run a successful, sustainable business without spamming all of your friends or wasting time and money on marketing gimmicks. This is the Sell It Sister podcast, and you're going to learn how to make more money without complex systems or sleazy sales tactics. I'm Erica Tebbins, and I teach highly motivated, female, and gender expansive entrepreneurs that selling doesn't have to suck. I've been running successful businesses and teaching others how to sell smarter, earn more, and create raving fans for over 15 years. And I'm excited to share what I've learned with you. If you want success without truly serving your clients, profits without any passion, or the next get rich quick scheme, I'm not your gal. But if you're all in as an entrepreneur, want to make a difference with your work, and are ready to run a business you're proud of, then get ready to sell it, sister. On today's episode, I am joined by a very special guest and friend of mine, Ellie Trier of Ellie Trier Communities. Ellie Trier lives in the wonderful city of Copenhagen, Denmark, and is a community builder for quiet revolutionaries. She helps introverts with big dreams to get connected and build thriving, engaged communities around their businesses so that they can make a massive impact, find their dream clients, and make their corner of the world a better place. A longtime business owner, Ellie knows firsthand the power of human connection to build a business, and her unique approach got her featured in the FT Guide to Business Networking. She specializes in creating powerful, strategic online community projects and loves every minute of her work, even the boring bits. When she's not working, you can find her curled up with a book, painting, or hanging out with her husband, Lars. So you can also find her at ellietriercommunities.com or on Instagram at ellietriercommunities. And all of this will be in the show notes as well. I know you are just going to love this episode and her really unique approach to community-based marketing. So without further ado, on to the episode. Hey, Ellie, thank you so much for being on the Sell It Sister podcast. I'm really excited to talk to you today because you do something so cool that I think is going to blow people's minds when they think about marketing. Because I know it did for me, and I'm kind of like, why do more people not know about you? They need to know about you, and they need to know about this option, this really cool like marketing option that you, that you do. So before we dive in to all of that and the nitty gritty, I would love to know beyond your bio a little bit more about what you do and why you do it. Wow, what an intro. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, okay, well, I am Ellie Trier, and I basically help introverts and what I call quiet revolutionaries, so introverts with really big kind of world-changing ideas, connect with and communicate with their right people. So... Um, I do that in several different ways, um, but it's all focused on this really slow, gentle, ethical um, relationship focus, like human focused way of doing business and way of marketing. 
that isn't all like crazy visibility and doing Facebook lives all the time and having to be on all the different social media channels. It's just like really making these deep, lasting, mutually beneficial relationships with other human beings. Um, where some of them end up giving you money, which is great. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. great. Um, and I, why I do it that way, I mean, I, there's a few reasons for that. One of which is I'm, um, I'm autistic. I'm also an introvert and HSP and all the things. Um, but I'm autistic, which means that I am very, very susceptible I'm very aware of that kind of manipulative style of marketing. Um, I have <laughs> been suckered into some terrible things in the past just because it never occurred to me that people were, you know, embellishing or outright lying in some cases about what they do. Um, so my approach to kind of marketing and sales has always been very unmanipulative. It's literally look, you told me you wanted this thing. I made it for you. Would you like to buy it? You can do that here. <laughs> Which seems to be, whenever I talk about my approach with, with the people that I want to serve, it's like a light bulb goes on in, in their brain. You know, and they're just like, I had no idea that that was allowed. Yeah. Which is horrifying <laughs> if you think about it. But yes. <laughs> It's, um, yeah, and again, it comes down to this knowing your people well enough to know what they need and to actually involve them in, in the process of your business, you know, it doesn't exist without the people, the community, the audience, the clients, the customers, you don't have those people, you don't have a business. Yeah, that is incredibly true. And before we hit record, I think this really speaks to the power of some of what you're going to share with us, but I asked you, cause I know you and I know you were supposed to be going on holiday. And I said, Oh, how was your time off? And you were like, actually I didn't take it. I launched something instead. And, but you said you only sent a few emails and you got a much higher like level of result than you were even anticipating. And you were like, I wasn't on social. I wasn't doing anything. I just sent a few emails to launch this thing. And I surpassed my goal. Yeah, absolutely. Tripled it, in fact. (laughs) That's so great. That's so great. Yeah. I love it. I love it. A a, a big part of my kind of launch strategy is involving people in the process of making things. So this is a brand new offering that I'm working on at the moment. I've never done it before. Um, And what I do when I launch something new is I kind of co-create it with the people who need to know about that thing. Um, so it's very much an inclusive process. It's not me, the guru, the expert. It's like, I happen to know quite a lot about this. Like, what exactly do you need help with? Let's work it out together. And then I write it all down and then I can sell it, you know, ad infinitum. I love it. And who are you? Like, so we obviously connected because we are very like-minded in our approach and our values, but you said like quiet revolutionaries. So who are the people that you love to work with? And like, why do you feel it's super important to serve them with your knowledge? Like for the bigger picture, what is your why or your vision? Uh, Because 
I mean, obviously, as an introvert myself, as a, as a, a self-styled quiet revolutionary, I feel we've been kind of given the short straw when it comes to the world of, of business in general, not just on the internet, but there's a very strong leaning towards, um, you know, patriarchal systems, white supremacist systems, uh, which are designed to keep uh, anyone who isn't a straight white cis man, basically, in their place. And I feel like actually with the advent of the internet and with the ability to have a global reach um, and to say, you know, we can say whatever we want on the internet. There's, there, there's no gatekeepers, there's no censorship. We have such an opportunity to make change in the world. And somebody, I think it was Althea Branton, um, I heard her speak recently and she was talking about like, let's all build our own tables and then push them together. And that one thing you'll hear me say a lot, which is uh, related to the community projects as well, is that you just need to start a trickle and all the trickles join up and they become a flood. Like that's how change is made. It's like one person at a time, one project at a time, one, you know, innovative article at a time. It all drip, drip, drips into, into the bigger picture. Um, so yeah, so, but I, I feel like that, that permission, that information, that understanding that we're allowed to do that. You know, we can use our businesses to do whatever we want. You know, they're, they're kind of microcosms of the world that we want to live in. Um, but a lot of people, they don't know what they're doing. So they go and they look for the gurus and the, you know, and they're all, I mean, I know you'll relate to this. They're all like, you need to build a course. Like you can't have a service business. You can't do this. You must do that. And a lot of it is just bollocks. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that, you know, probably for some of the people you serve, because uh, we can, like, you know, we're, we're passionate and we want change, but we can also have these very fraught relationships around money and earning money and, and charging money. And I have my, my own, like, beliefs and thoughts around this, but how do you approach that as somebody who works with quiet revolutionaries who obviously want change to happen but maybe are feeling a certain way it's a really really tricky one and i am by no stretch of the imagination any kind of mindset coach um my attitude for stuff like that is very much just kind of suck it up and try it and experiment and see what feels good and just go for it which isn't always the best or most helpful advice to, to people. Um, but I do try and remind my people, I, I send out a weekly newsletter called The Sunday Letter, um, which is where I, I share all of my kind of philosophies about business and, and talk about all of this kind of stuff. And I try frequently to talk about the idea that it's okay to make money. Like it, it's, it's okay, we are allowed to make money, you know? It's, it's, we have been told for generations that we are, as, as women, as, as, again, anyone who doesn't fit into that straight white cis man group, um, it's very dangerous for us to earn money because when you earn money, you get power. And when you have power, you can change the status quo. That is a good thing that we should be doing, mm -hmm. but it means unraveling a lot of that kind of, of mental conditioning. So... I talk about it a lot. I keep trying to remind people that like 
money is good we're allowed if you're a business you have to earn money like you don't have to like sacrifice yourself on the altar of being kind or affordable or you know whatever because that's all bollocks as well that's all made up Mm -hmm. affordable is an abstract term you know as mm-hmm. soon as you charge money for something, you are unaffordable to somebody. Yes. And, and how kind is your pricing if it undercuts a, a single woman of color um, with two kids who now has to work three times as hard just to compete in the marketplace? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's not kind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So these, these things like we want to be kind, we want to be, we want to be affordable. We want to be, you know, to take care of people and we can take really, really good care of people and earn a fuck ton of money at the same time. Like that's possible. Yes. I love that. I love, love, love that. And I have seen that as well, just in clients and friends and, uh, even a woman that I was uh, talking to last week who was saying that, you know, when COVID first hit, um, you know, she was, she did like a pay what you can on her, one of her courses. uh, And she's a past client of mine. And we like, now we're working together again a bit. And I remember during that time, like she and I weren't working together when COVID first like hit the U S but she was like, I'm thinking of, doing something with my course, like maybe sliding scale or whatever. And now, you know, six months later, she's like, yeah, I said, you know, it's a $200 course. I said, people could pay me as little as suggested $10. But she's like, some people paid zero. And I realized in looking at that, like, it made me annoyed. Like, you can't, like, I, I, you know, it's just, it's that feeling like it doesn't create a good feeling. We, we think it will create a good feeling. We think that we will get that feeling of like generosity and everything. But when it comes to our intellectual property and the time we put into making it and how we view it as valuable, like it doesn't feel great when somebody takes advantage of that. And we know that they aren't going to take it as seriously either. Like they're probably, I would... I would imagine if in the course of the next six months, uh, if she were to look into the back end of those students enrolled, like I bet none of them actually complete that course at all. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a really, that's a really good distinction. We can be super helpful and make a fuck ton of money. Yes. So as we switch to, your marketing brilliance and like the best way for people to be able to do this who might traditionally hate marketing or feel really weird um, or icky about it. So I know one of the things that you love to talk about is um, communicating with your people. So I would love for you to explain a bit, like obviously you're doing a good job if you sent a few emails and tripled your goal for your launch. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's, I think, I think learning how to communicate with your people is like the number one thing that you can learn how to do. Like it's the, it's the single business skill that has got me everything I've ever got in business. Um, I actually, um, I have a, 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 a workbook that people can buy 
um, without wanting to plug myself too much, but where I teach people literally just that, literally how to communicate with people, how to talk to the people they're connected with, how to find new people to connect with. Like it's something that people, especially my introverted lovelies, like it's not something that comes naturally to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think understanding that when you find your people, when you understand who your people are, I call them your kindred spirits, it becomes so much easier. And you end up having these beautiful kind of elastic relationships where you're all helping each other out. You're all joining the dots together. You're introducing each other to, to you know, one another. Um, sometimes there's money exchanging, like, I'll buy your thing, you buy my thing. Um, and it's just, it's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. So there's a, there's a few things that, that people can do. So um, I haven't been doing this recently since the whole COVID thing, but usually when people sign up to my email newsletter, I will send them a personal welcome video. Mm-hmm. I'll actually, I'll use a little app called Bonjoro or record a video saying, hello, you know, Susan or whatever. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much. You know, here's what you can expect and all the rest of it. And I do it personally. Um, I regularly reach out to the people. My, my subscribers are kind of my hardcore group of people. That's my, my, my favorite place to hang out is with my peeps. Um, and I regularly reach out to them and I'll invite them to come and have a cup of coffee with me. Um, I encourage people to reply. I end up like a lot of my week is just replying to people who have responded to my weekly newsletter. And I get to find out all sorts of stuff about them. And I know like if I've got something new coming up or if a friend is doing something that I think they'll be interested in, or if I've got a client doing a community project that really speaks to the work that they're doing, like I'll join those dots for them. So I'm constantly kind of in communication with my people, which means I know exactly who they are and exactly what they need. So I can make it for them. Um, And because I'm connected to them, I know, you know, if somebody's going through a really shitty time or they're having a hard time financially or or what have you, I can reach out to them and I can give them like a a, a special discount or offer them a scholarship place or suggest a trade or something like that, Um, which isn't something I particularly advertise because I don't need to. It's there Mm -hmm. in the relationships. Mm so yeah, so it's, it's again, it's, it's not this kind of like guru model, which is so popular in online marketing where you have the expert at the top and then the audience of adoring fans. I'm right there kind of in the trenches with my people in communication with them, trying to help them as much as possible because I think business is not hard. Mm-hmm. It's a really simple, simple thing to do um, when you take all of the bullshit out of the equation. Yeah. So, that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> I really like that. And I've used bon- the Bonjoro app once um, through a partner of mine that he and I have a course together and he had it. And when the last time we launched as new people were coming in, I was making fun little Bonjoro welcome videos for them. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like really fun. And I, and I liked it, but I haven't used it for um, my like email uh, list yet. So I love that idea because yeah, that personal connection is such a catalyst for people to feel like they are more 
like in your world and it's like a two-way street and i i know because like my my husband and my son are introverts and a lot of my friends and clients are introverts that and i know like yeah one of their things they don't love is like just going out and doing tons of like lives and and being all the places they crave more of like a personal connection and like a real like deeper connection with people um, and need to be able to market in a way that doesn't just drain their their energy battery mm -hmm. so quickly. So I really like that. And it's true. I think that we can, um, like, you know, I'm, I'm all about like simplicity. And I feel like that a lot of the systems that people put out there are very complex and in some ways, you know, it serves the people selling them because then you have to buy their thing to learn their complex model to put it into place. And, and like, not for nothing, but a lot of those models also rely on paid marketing, which not mm. everyone can do or even needs to do. Mm. So I really, I really, really like that. That is, that's so awesome that you're actually like getting people engaging back with you because yeah, it's like, you're just deepening that trust every, every time. And then, and I'm a big connector too. Like I love being able to connect people to other people. So I it's love so, that. It's so joyful. You know, once you, once you realize who your people are, who, who your people are, there's, it's just, it's fun. It's like hanging out with your mates, you know, mm -hmm. you're marketing your business, but it feels like hanging out with your mates and it's just, it's great. Yeah. And I will say I, so I kind of had this funny back and forth with myself this year around LinkedIn. Cause like I'm, so I'm on Instagram. I love Instagram. Feels like hanging out with my mates. It's just awesome. And I've met like genuine friends and connections and just everything over on Instagram. And I kept feeling like, okay, I need to be on LinkedIn more. I need to just duplicate what I was doing on Instagram, but on LinkedIn. But I just, I wasn't feeling it. And I kept having this back and forth, like, oh, you're so lazy. Like, just do it. Like, why are you not, it, you know, 20 minutes a day, like whatever. But every time I would go over there, it didn't have the same feeling to me. Now, I know there are some people who love it and make tons of money from being on Instagram or I mean, on LinkedIn. And that's wonderful. But I was just, I don't know, like I would just never feel in my groove over there. And it didn't have that same feeling of just being with friends and being in like a no pressure hang. Uh, and so I finally just gave myself permission to be like, okay, my, my LinkedIn account account still exists. I'm just not there. Like yeah. I'll check in maybe once a month to reply to like messages or different things, but like, I'm just not there. I'm not marketing my business there. Cause it didn't, it didn't feel aligned. And I think that it, uh, like you said, your kindred spirits, like, I feel like I actually make, like, I've brought my kindred spirits together on Instagram and then like every day it's like more kindred spirits and I just love it. And you can see like, even in my responses on my posts, it's so funny when like other people get galvanized to like connect with other people because we can all tell that at least on some like base level, we have a similar like value set or like ethos that we're living off of. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that's quite often the case, you know, that your your next kindred spirit is probably going to be connected to to somebody you already know. So yes. That's, it's it's this lovely kind of organic, almost spider's web of of, of connections. Right? Yeah, yeah. To the point where I'm like, some people, I'm like, I don't even remember how we met. Like we've just been connected forever, but I act, I don't actually remember like how we first connected at all. It just felt so organic. So I also like the the main thing how I met you initially was when you were doing Heather Torkelson's um, Own Your Shit community event and she'd hired you to help do that, which is so funny because like, I, and I know we'll, we'll talk more about it so people know what the hell I'm talking about, but I didn't actually realize it was like a marketing thing or a paid thing. Like I had no idea that it was like a, a collaboration and like you were like the, the mastermind behind it. I had no idea because it just felt so good and so natural. And so you are a big believer. So obviously connection, but then also community. So like taking those kindred spirits and like putting them into community and using that as this very natural and ethical way to move people into paid work. So I would love for you, since your business is like Ellie Trier Communities, how does this work? Like this magical, mystical community event, because it's like not a summit. It's not just like a random ongoing free Facebook group. It's like, it's wizardry and I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose the best way to describe it is sort of like a pop-up conversation. Mm -hmm. So, um, for, for people who don't know anything about this, which I'm sure is almost everybody, um, a community project is, uh, in a nutshell, it is, is similar to a summit in that you have a bunch of people, um, bring them together, they create a bunch of content, you put it out over the course of a period of time. But it's not like a summit at all because they're amazing. <laughs> and it really is about it really is about a conversation. So um, the, the host, the person who's hosting it will choose a, a, a topic which is aligned with um, a paid offering that they're doing or a particular kind of value set that they're trying to find more people who, who share um, that, particular, that particular kind of set of values. Um, and they will invite uh, usually 30, the, the projects are, are, are very long, hugely long for internet world. They're a month long, which is about three years in internet land. <laughs> um, so it's, it's a full on experience. And I'll have one person sharing a piece of content every day, either an essay or a, a video or an audio, or even sometimes a short interview, um, depending on, on what the project is, what the format of the project is. And then everybody gets together in a Facebook group or in another kind of place where you can hang out and chat and talks about that particular day's content and has, uses it as a, as a spark to set off a really interesting conversation about something that everybody there gives a shit about. Um, and you get these, these, you get the opportunity to actually process information and to, to come back to things. So if something happens on day 15, um you 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 can link it to something that happened on day one and you've still got time to like process it and pull all the jo- all the dots together and and 
kind of catch up with people you've got you've got time to kind of move in and out of it and and it's just you can really sink into it and just luxuriate in connection and connecting with other people around a shared interest um and then yeah if you're if you're smart which most of the people i work with are then you can kind of seamlessly segue into a paid offering i've had people use them as launches and they are so unlaunch like it's unreal but people i've had uh, clients who filled their entire year's worth of clients like their docket for the whole year from one community project i've had people who've had five figure launches i've had people who have completely transformed their business models so that they work less and earn more money like they really are kind of magical i uh, yeah i love it and it's it's the kind of thing where it's like on my it's on my list. Like, I'm like, oh, I totally want to do this because the community is one of my main values and I love connection and I love sort of like rallying people around a cause or an idea. And through Heather's, like her own your shit event, I made all these amazing connections with people where I'm kind of like, gosh, I don't even know, you know, like over the years, like how this will pan out with some of those people. Like, it's just amazing because kind of like you said, like a spider web, it's like, you know, who knows what, you know, this one person can link up to this other person who might become, I don't know, I guess my podcast or this, that or the other, like, you almost can't even envision where all of those connections will take you and the opportunities that will lead you like from there. And it just, it felt really good. Like I didn't, I didn't feel overwhelmed in her group and like, I'm an extrovert, so I don't get super like overwhelmed by people, but like, it just, it felt more like we were this tight, close community spending a month together really getting to know each other. I loved seeing people's like videos or um, reading their essays or just like, I don't know, it was it was so fantastically interesting to me. And I never even thought of, like you said, being able to process the information because part of why I never, uh, I, I don't actually think I've ever paid to participate in a summit. I've been in summits. Mm-hmm. And I participated in, like, Heather asked me to speak for her thing. But uh, because it's so much information, like, coming at me, and I know myself well enough to know, okay, well, if I pay for it, if I, like, get the thing where I can have unlimited time, like, I'm literally never going to go back to all of those. Like, it's just not going to happen. Me too. So was that, like, I'm just curious because as I – think more about um, like intentional inclusivity in my own business and, you know, working with uh, people who are more neurodiverse. Was that like something that you came up with as somebody who like, I like, I don't want to assume, but like for you are summits the same way. Like you're just like, I can't act. I'm not absorbing. I'm not like absorbing this info. So I can't take action on it. So is that, how this methodology is that sort of what it was born out of in a way yeah i think a lot of stuff happens really really fast on the internet 
and I I find it hugely I find it overwhelming just keeping up with with social media and, and newsletters and emails and all the things like it's all just it's too much information and my brain is hungry for information so I find it really yeah. difficult to kind of shut off um, but it does mean that you're constantly hoovering up input and you never get the opportunity to kind of to process it to take a step back and to really kind of assimilate that learning into your own life um, and what the, the the beauty of the projects is that you do get that time to do it and you get the same themes coming up over and over and over again so you'll get somebody who's talking about you know i did x this way and then you get somebody else who's like i did x this way and you have the opportunity to kind of sit with both of those and go Oh, I like that, but that sounds really good. I wonder how I could combine them. And then you can have a conversation about it rather than just being like, here's all the information. Now go away and, and you know, but pay for your all access pass before you go. It's <laughs> yeah. just like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's more, um, I found that, because I, I forget how long maybe five minutes I had to record my thing. I think my thing had to be under five minutes or, or under 10 at most, something like that. Yeah. And, uh, and I found that that felt much more doable. Like even if I didn't catch every single person's on every single day, if I knew like, Oh, I want to go back, you know, this weekend maybe and watch their thing. Cause they, they seem like a really interesting person that, it wasn't going to be a full like webinar style presentation that I needed to sit down with like a notepad and take vigorous notes. Like I could just kind of be like, Oh yeah, that's like, that's really intriguing and almost more like, like bite size inspiration with like a little bit of, I don't know, strategy or, or something like woven in rather than like, oh, I have to learn this person's whole framework and then apply it in total to my business in order for it to work and get that same result. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, the content is sort of designed to be thought-provoking. So mm -hmm. I always advise my clients, like, you want people to be able to sit down and consume it with their morning coffee. Mm -hmm. So you become a part of their day. They sit down, they have their coffee. They read that day's submission from that day's person. Then they go over and, and have a little chat about it. And that's it. Like each day is, it's as small as that. But because there's so many, you get this again, the trickle becomes the flood. Mm -hmm. And people end up transformed at the end of it from what they've learned from all those tiny little bites. Yeah. And, and I, I, I have developed this methodology. One thing I'm really passionate about is that it benefits everybody so the host obviously gets a huge amount of benefit from being a part of it the the people who are doing the who are contributing the content so that was you in terms of heathers mm -hmm. um and i think no i don't think i did anything for heathers um everybody who's a part of it is is ben, uh, benefits from it and i even have like literature and collateral that they can send to their uh, contributors to help them to benefit from being a part of it and then, of course, you want to take everybody who's attending it on a journey. You want them to have some kind of transformation from beginning to end, which is much easier to do over the course of a month than it is over the course of a weekend when you've got 58 videos coming at you. Yeah. 
<laughs> my gosh, that literally gives me anxiety just thinking about it. Like, yeah, right? <laughs> even even when they're people that I'm like, oh, I love all these people, and I'm totally aligned with these people, and I know that they're legit. Like, mm-hmm. it's t- it's just overwhelming. Um, so, like, and I I ask this sort of selfishly for myself too, but like, I feel like I have so many ideas of like, like you know polarizing things or, or like thought provoking things or whatever. Do you have something that you suggest like for, for people before they would hire you, let's say, like, are there some things to help them whittle down? Like, okay, I think actually like, this is what I would like to pitch at the end. And like, or like, this is the transformation or this is like my big audacious thought. What is like a good entry point? for thinking about this? Actually, I have an article on my website, which I'll send to you so you, you can Ooh, give okay. a link um, to kind of guide people through like what their, what their theme should be. Because the, the topic or the theme of the project really can make or break it. Um, what a lot, I've seen a lot of these sorts of projects around, but where nearly all of them fall down is that there isn't that marriage of what my business needs and what my audience is interested in. Mm. So you either end up, like the summit is very much what my business needs, you know, it's very mm. kind of, I am doing this for me, I want all these people on my list, I want the money, I want the, the kudos, all the rest of it. And a lot of the, the other kind of community style projects I see, they're lovely, they're lovely things, great to be a part of, does literally bugger all for the person who's hosting it. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of work. You don't want to be putting that much work into something that isn't going to do anything for your business. Mm-hmm. So the key, the key thing to, to remember when you're kind of coming up with a theme is that it has to work for you. It has to align with your business goals, whatever they are. Um, it has to uh, be an obvious kind of stepping stone towards what you're trying to to achieve at the other end, whether mm-hmm. it's a, a launch or a sale or, or just get people working with you one-to-one, it has to be obvious. Um, so it also has to work for the participants. So the, the people that you invite to contribute their content, it has to be something that they give a shit about, but like you want them to feel a sense of ownership in it. It has to be original enough it has to be exciting enough it has to be valuable enough for them to really be all in on mm-hmm. what it is that you're trying to do and finally it has to work for the for the audience of the project as well it has to attract the audience that you need to get your business goals um, achieved it has to be um, a topic that is is valuable to them and that can mean like any number of things but it mm-hmm. has to be meaningful you're asking them to stick around for a month Mm -hmm. so you better be bloody sure you can keep it interesting and tight and 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 good for that whole period yeah yeah because it's different even I would say like people might be listening and be like is this just like a long challenge and it's like no because there's it's you're not it's not like the leader saying okay on day one we're doing this on day two I need you to do this on day three it's like more broad and more like I feel like high level like you're not giving people assignments you're like making them really get like reflective almost on 
their larger sort of vision and, and beliefs and credo and yeah, it's yeah. just, it's so cool. Like it's, it's so cool. Like I just want, I like, listen, everyone, when I do mine, when I hire Ellie, hire Ellie, <laughs> I will make sure to invite all of you because it's going to be amazing. And no, I don't know what it's going to be about, but like, cause it just, it has this like such a different feel to it that is almost hard to describe if you haven't experienced it. But yeah, I love that. So we started at the beginning by talking about emailing and having mm -hmm. great success. And I know you have this new offer that is about email. So I want you, I want you to talk about it because again, I think that especially for the people who are like social media makes me want to vomit and die, but I obviously have to market, but like, I also don't want to have to make it overly complicated for myself. Like, so I, without even knowing about your offer, I know that it delivers on that because I know you well enough to know that it must. So talk to us a little bit about that. Oh my goodness. I am so, I'm, I'm putting this together with the, with the first rounds people at the moment. And it is just, I am so excited about it. I love this topic so much. Um, yeah, it's called Uncommon Email and it's email marketing that connects and converts. Um, cause again, most people do one or the other and it's really mm -hmm. difficult to kind of marry the two together. Um, it's for everyone who wants to communicate better with their people basically via email. Um, so we're looking at like, uh, connecting and building a, a kind of a little world that your subscribers can be invited into. Like it's not just an email list, it's an actual, it's a community. Um, we'll be looking at what you should actually write to people. And again, we're marrying up what your business needs with what's valuable to your audience and putting those two together. So where to get ideas, how to do storytelling, what kind of format you can use, what kind of frequency you should be doing, all this stuff. Um, then we look at, in week three, we look at um, conversion stuff. So how to sell stuff to people without being salesy. Mm -hmm. um, so how to like not do that thing, which so many people do, where you get lovely, gorgeous emails from them and all of a sudden they switch gears and they're selling something and it's like they've gone into sales bot mode mm -hmm. and they forget how to speak to people. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So you can just weave sales stuff in and make what you're doing super valuable. Even if someone has no intention from buying, of, of buying from you ever, mm -hmm. you can give them a really, really stonking email that if they do want to buy from you, it's all right there. Um, and then finally, because this is another thing that people get kind of topsy-turvy, we look at list building because I really strongly believe that unless you have um, a, a system, a way of, of dealing with, with the people that you've already got, a way that, you know, if you're getting really good open rates and really good conversion rates and, and people are responding and engaging, that's when you look at list building. Mm -hmm. But I think so many of us think, oh, I just need to get more people on my list before I can do X, Y, Z. And 9.9 .9 times out of 10, the number of people on your list is not the issue. <laughs> mm -hmm. So we get all yeah. that foundational stuff in first and then we do list building right at the end. So it's over four weeks uh, or four modules. 
I love that. And I, I have to say too, I, I can say this about my own list and I know so many other entrepreneurs too, who are like, oops, I have the wrong people on my list. Yes. And, uh, and it can even be the case that, you know, you've pivoted like over the course of three years, I have niched a bit in my own business. And so a lot of the people who I got early on or through other opt-ins or whatever, like they're just not the right audience for the offers that I have now. So it doesn't really matter how many people are on there. Like if they're not the right people, then it's going to be difficult to sell them anything. Um, exactly. exactly. Yeah. And we, we're, we're taught that it's like list building at all costs. Like you've got to grow your audience, grow your audience. And it's not the number of people that matter at all. No, at all. <laughs> no, it's really not because I have like, actually, cause today is a Tuesday and I need to like, at some point today, I want to get my, my email out and I know what I'm going to be talking about and everything. Um, and then I have on Thursdays, I always email my list about that week's podcast episode that goes up on Wednesdays. So I have this like cadence of just these check-in points and everything. And I like doing that because I like communicating. Um, but, you know, in the grand scheme of like looking at marketing metrics and what is actually driving paid business my way, as it stands right now, like it is not, it is not my email list. Um, and not that it couldn't be, but it's just be because I've niched my focus. And a lot of people who came to me in the beginning for help with selling are people who were struggling to sell. So they don't have money to invest. So yeah, mm -hmm. like it's just, uh, it's, it's always, it's always an evolution, but on the flip side, uh, I will say I do not have gobs and gobs of people on my Instagram. I'm nowhere close to that swipe up feature. <laughs> and that is honestly where I do most of my connecting and growing my business. So yeah, you don't, you don't need a million people. You just need your kindred spirits and you need to know how to communicate well with them. Exactly. That's my whole thing in a nutshell. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, that is awesome. Uh, I will include the article you mentioned and I will include just all the links where people can find you in the show notes, but in case they don't remember to click over to the show notes, where are the best places for people to find you and learn more? First thing to do is to come over to my website, which is elitriacommunities.com. Um, and sign up for my Sunday letters. Like that is, that's my playground. That's where you get the most of me. Um, I am also sporadically on Instagram and I'm mm -hmm. Ellie Trier communities over there as well. Sometimes I'll be super on it and sometimes you won't hear from me for months, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I get like the good news is, it's like your business is still chugging along and you can, you can do that. You can sometimes be on Instagram and sometimes not, and it's not, it's not hurting you, which I think is going to feel very refreshing for a lot of people to hear. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Well, I am so glad that you came on because I know that people struggle so, so much with marketing, especially if they do not have, you know, bold, outrageous extrovert personalities. So I feel like you are a big 
ray of hope for a lot of people. So I really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Yeah. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Sell It Sister podcast. If you loved it and you want more, be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And then head on over to sellitsisterhood.com to join my free Facebook community group. And as your mama said, sharing is caring. So if you got a lot of value out of this episode, be sure to share it with your biz besties too, okay? Now get out there and sell it, sister.